Welcome to episode number three, the third and final installment of this mini-series, Inbox Insights. I am excited you've made it this far. If you've listened to the first two episodes, I really, really hope that you found them valuable and that they've helped you to not only send emails that you feel people are going to open, but also start to think about how to generate more sales via your email marketing. If I could drill email marketing down into two key things, that's exactly it. Send great emails and then sell. Serve and then sell. Serve before you sell, serve in order to sell, all of the good things. Those are the two things that I think are incredibly key. They're almost the fundamentals of effective email marketing. But there's a few other topics we need to be talking about as well. Almost a few details, some of the finishing touches that are really gonna help us long-term to have effective email marketing in place. So that is what I wanna talk about in this third episode is on a long-term basis, how do we measure success? How do we stay consistent? How do we improve our emails over time? Because email marketing is a long game. And I don't want you to just be thinking about those actions you can be taking now and the kind of fundamentals. I also want you to be learning these other things that are important in the long term. So let's dive into it. Third and final episode around long-term success in email marketing. All right, so you've got a great email concept. You're serving your list. You're talking about your emails on your other platforms. You're growing your email list. You are seeing sales. You are targeting different people based on their behavior and their traits. You're doing all of the things to send great emails and sell via email. Now let's look at the ongoing actions you can take to see results long-term. So there's four things I'm gonna talk to you about in this episode. And the first thing is to cleanse your list. Cleanse your email list. Not something that we hear talked about a huge amount, but a really, really important step in securing long-term success and longevity in your email marketing. Now, what do I mean when I say cleanse your list? Well, it's a little bit like cleansing your face, if that's something that people do. Side note, I have the worst skincare routine. I'm pretty sure I just like wash my face with a bar of soap morning and night and hope for the best. But my friends who are very into skincare, I hear them talking about cleansing a lot and they cleanse their faces in order to get all of the impurities out, in order to keep their faces clean and good and healthy. That's kind of the same with cleansing an email list. We are just getting out some of the bad stuff to make sure that the email list we have is as healthy as possible. And when we're talking about cleansing our list, what we're basically talking about here is getting some people to leave our email list. Now you might hear that and think, Alice, what? But I thought I was meant to be just getting people on my list. Now you're telling me I should be taking people off of it and that's a good thing. Yes, if the people that you are taking off are no longer relevant or no longer engaged, we wanna take them off of your email list because what are they doing there? Having a number of people on your list who are not relevant and not engaged is doing one thing and one thing only and that is stroking your ego. That is it. And I know that's a bit of tough love, but I want you to think not about the big number. How many people do I have on my list? But actually about the numbers that matter. How many people are opening? How many people are engaging? How many people are buying? It's all well and good having a massive email list, but as we talked about right back in episode one of this series, if those people aren't opening, then we don't have a healthy, valuable list. The value of your list doesn't come down to the number of people on it, it comes down to the number of relevant and engaged people who are in it. 
So that's what I want you to think about here. How can we take a few people out to make sure that whoever's left are they gonna be the best fit? Now, this isn't just a good thing to do to make sure that the people that we're speaking to are the right fit. It's also good for the sake of spam filters. Spam filters are the only algorithm you need to think about when showing up via email. I know we can all breathe a sigh of relief. We do not have the same level of algorithms via email as we do on social media. However, the one thing we do need to think about is getting through spam filters. Spam filters are basically where inbox providers like Gmail will be deciding if an email looks like spam or not. And if they think it's spam, they are gonna put your email into someone's spam folder, which likely is gonna mean that that person never sees the email, never opens it. And the more emails of yours that get put into spam, the less likely all of your emails are gonna be seen overall. So you wanna be really careful to try and avoid spam filters. And this is a topic I could dive into in a lot more detail, but one of the biggest things that helps with spam filters is having really good open and click-through rates. That's the percentage of people that are opening your emails and then clicking on something once they've read them. And if you have a ton of people on your list who aren't relevant or aren't engaged, they're not gonna be opening. And if your open rate is therefore very low, these email providers are gonna be thinking, hmm, no one's really opening their emails, so I think it might be spam. And then they're gonna start putting you into the spam boxes and that is not where we want to be. So it's very strategic to cleanse your list. And this is something I'd recommend doing around every six months. You can do it more or less frequently depending on how many people you have joining your email list. But typically every six months is a really good time frame to do it in because the big way to cleanse your list is to look at who has not been engaged for the last six months. Six months is a really good period of time. I feel like if someone hasn't engaged in one of your emails, and by that I mean opened or clicked or done anything with your emails in six months, we can probably bet that they maybe don't need to be there anymore. Maybe that email address doesn't exist anymore. Maybe they don't check that inbox. Maybe they're just not interested. Or maybe you're already showing up in their spam box. So that's a great opportunity to just go through your list, find the people that are no longer engaged, and you can either take them off automatically. You can just get a little bit harsh with it and go, look, you're out of here. You haven't you haven't been engaged, I'm taking you off. Or if you'd rather go a slightly gentler approach, you can give them an opportunity to stick around. You could do what I like to call a purge campaign, <laughs> where you are basically encouraging people on your list to either get off or get involved. And you can send people an email who are maybe not super engaged and just say, hey, I've seen that you haven't opened in my emails for a while, no worries. Do you wanna still be here? Here's a big link if you do wanna unsubscribe or here's a big link to make sure that you stay on the list. You can do it in a way that feels good to you, but cleansing your list on a regular basis is gonna make sure that you are then speaking to relevant, engaged people, and that you're getting your best stats possible, which is not only gonna help you to measure success of your emails, but also to get through those pesky spam filters. Now, the second thing we can do to secure our email results long-term, which links to cleansing your list, is look at the stats. Email marketing comes with so many statistics. And I think sometimes we can get a little bit overwhelmed knowing what should I be looking at? What matters? Which numbers should I care about? And I noticed this across the board with a lot of marketing. I led a workshop a couple of weeks ago about measuring metrics in your marketing. And whenever I talk about metrics in marketing, it is always hilarious, but also slightly terrifying to me how many business owners don't look at their metrics. Now I get it. We don't know what to look at. We feel a bit scared of looking at them. Um, we get a bit overwhelmed. We don't even know what we're really doing. So we just kind of find it easier to ignore them. But looking at your metrics is one of the best ways to learn. When 
you look at your email metrics, you are given data and not just data in terms of numbers, but data in terms of information. What's working? What's not? What do your email list like to receive? What do they not respond as well to? Which techniques work better for converting sales? Which don't? The more we learn from our action, the more we can improve moving forward. So it's really important we look at the stats in our email marketing. There's a few key stats that I'd encourage you to look at in terms of your emails themselves. And that is your open rate and your click-through rate. Your open rate, which will be a percentage, is how many people actually opened your email. So if you have an email list of 1,000 and 280 people opened it, you're gonna have an open rate of 28%. Now, I'm not gonna sit here and give you industry averages because if you Google them, you'll see that everyone's gonna tell you the average is different. What I will say though, is that a lot of the industry averages you'll see for open rate are far too low to what you should be expecting. If you're a small business owner, if you're a personal brand, if you're speaking to an engaged community, not just a big audience, you should be expecting higher open rates than your bigger faceless brands. For context, typically, I know I said I wasn't gonna give averages, but I know it helps to benchmark. I typically judge a kind of good open rate to be around the kind of 40 to 50% mark. Now that is, as I said, for kind of personal brands or businesses that kind of really engage with their community. If yours is lower than that, that's okay. Don't beat yourself up. But that's a really good point to be aiming for. Your open rate purely shows you how many people open the email. So we want to make sure we're also then looking at stats like our click-through rate. Your click-through rate is one of the statistics that can tell you how engaged the people that open the email actually were. Because it's all well and good people opening the email, but if they opened it skim read for two seconds and clicked away, we don't really want that, right? So click rate shows us how many people then clicked on a link if your email has links within it. And that's a great indicator of how relevant that call to action was, how many people were interested in it and how engaged those people are. And then the other metrics you can think about are anything that tells you how engaged your list is. So for me, one of the biggest things I look at is how many replies my emails get and also how many people share them online. Two key things I look at, and I'm going to be honest, these are stats that it took me a long time to start to see. If you're starting out with email marketing, I don't want you to judge your statistics too harshly too soon. I will say judging your stats and looking at your metrics in this analytical way is something to be doing when you're a little bit further into your email marketing journey so that you're, you know, not judging the results before you've given them time to really start to prove themselves. But for me, looking at, right, how many people replied to this email? And then also how many people liked this email so much that they shared it on their LinkedIn or on their Instagram stories. Those are really big measures for me. Of course, they're not something that my email marketing platform tells me about, but they're things that I will really look out for. They're more kind of qualitative stats, but they're really important to me because as I said, right back in episode number one, the biggest goal I have with my emails is that they relate to people. And so I'm not always looking for people to say like, oh my God, I've that email changed my life and that really helped me. I'm kind of just looking for people to continue the conversation. If someone replies to my email saying, oh my gosh, I needed to hear this today, thank you. I know that my email has done its job. So obviously that's just specific to my emails. It's important for you to think about which metrics measure the success of your emails depending on what your goal is. And then of course, the big thing we wanna think about if this is the focus of our emails is conversion, sales. How many people are buying? What are they buying? How many times have they bought? What amount of money have they spent? All of those statistics an email marketing platform like MailChimp will give you and you should be looking at closely, particularly if you are launching or selling via your emails. 
If your current email marketing platform does not tell you the financial conversion of your emails, you're using a platform that is not really gonna help you to use email in the best way. Because very simply, if you do not know the sales that are happening off the back of your emails, you're not gonna be able to really harness email marketing in order to generate the best conversion possible. And as I talked about before, email marketing is so, so powerful when we look at using it for conversion. That's my second tip is look at the stats, know which stats to look at and make a habit of checking them. A really easy habit to build is before you send your next email, just go back and look at the stats of the last one. That's what I do. When I go to send my email each week, I'll just spend five minutes looking at the metrics from the one I sent the last week and seeing what I can notice. If I've done a launch, it's one of the biggest things I will look at. How many people unsubscribed? How many people clicked through to the sales page? Which email converted the most people? I wanna learn what's working and what's not so I can use that information moving forwards. Whilst I really believe that email marketing is here to stay and I don't see it having massive changes in the following years, definitely our audiences and community will change. What they want from us, what they care about, that is going to evolve. We know that happens with consumers. So keep on top of your metrics so you can be learning and improving on an ongoing basis. All right, so the third thing you need to be doing to see results via email marketing, and just a side note, I feel like loads of you are gonna roll your eyes because you've probably heard me talk about this word so, so many times, but it's very relevant here, is to be consistent. Consistency is so key in, in wider business, in so many parts of marketing, but I cannot stress this enough, particularly when it comes to email marketing. Email marketing is a long game. You can and you likely will see some results short term, but I wanna set your expectations that you might be showing up via email for months before you start to really see a direct return come back. And that's solely because as with any new channel or platform, you've got to put in a level of consistency to build trust with the community that you have there. Not only also to build trust, but also for you to get good at it and to build that skill set. One of the biggest mistakes I see people using with email is they show up for two weeks and they're like, oh, this isn't for me, I don't like it, it's not working. And then they go and show up on the next shiny platform that Meta's made. <laughs> Great, yeah, let's go and try out the new platforms. But if you keep stopping email because you haven't given it enough consistency, you're never gonna see the results that you want. Don't give up until you've given it enough consistency to give you the results that you want. And if I can give you a really big tip here to be consistent, it's to have a minimum commitment period to email. I remember when I first started sending my emails over four years ago, I said to myself, right, Alice, you are gonna send an email every week for six months non-negotiable, six months. Even if you hate it, even if no one seems to sign up, even if you get no replies, you need to do it for six months. That minimum commitment period meant that I gave it consistency before I decided whether I should be giving it up or not. Lo and behold, after six months, I'd given it enough consistency to see some results and then it was the right fit for me to keep going with it. Being consistent with email is the biggest tip, the biggest hack, the biggest blueprint, whatever, shiny, shiny secret I can give you in order to succeed via email. And it's important to think here, what can you do to help yourself be consistent? I talked about in episode one of this series, but having an email concept that's super simple, that's gonna help you to be consistent. Deciding how frequently you're going to show up via email and making sure that that's sustainable for you that's gonna help you be consistent. It's all well and good showing up weekly, but if you don't have the time for that, it's not gonna work. Maybe you need to lower your expectations in order to allow yourself to be more consistent. One of the biggest ways I think you can help yourself to be more consistent via email and kind of do more with less time and input is to automate, which moves me on beautifully. So my fourth and final thing for you all to think about to succeed with email long-term, which is having 
automations. My definition of an automation is just, it's anything via email which is happening without you having to directly get involved in that moment. And when it comes to email, there are so many automations that you can set up. Automatic emails could happen when someone first signs up to your email list to welcome them in and make them feel a part of, of your business and what it is that you're sending. You could send out automatic emails when it's someone's birthday in order to give them some kind of special offer or just show that you know. You could send out automatic emails based on people's behavior. Maybe if they haven't opened an email in a while or other end of the spectrum, if they're super engaged. You could send out an automatic email if someone has gone to purchase something on your website or book in and then they've abandoned it midway through. The options are limitless with the triggers that you use to send automatic emails, but it's really something to think about once you've got your ongoing email set up is how can you utilize automations to drive more conversion? Automations are a really powerful way to make more sales via your emails. And one of the best things about automations is they happen without you having to get involved. Automations are amazing because you set them up once and then they work hard for you time and time again. Anything that's automated in business, absolutely there is work and effort required in the initial setup. Once that workflow is there, it is then just gonna be working hard for you behind the scenes. And it's not only gonna be doing things that you then don't have to be involved in and kind of upping your output within your email, but it's also gonna deliver emails that are more personalized, more targeted, and therefore likely gonna see a better conversion um, to your community. We should all be aiming via email to create what will feel to our subscribers like a very personal personal and kind of individual experience. And automations are a great way to do that, to speak to the right people, with the right message at the right time. And like I said, you can base your automation on an action that people have taken or a lack of action sometimes they've taken and then make sure that you're sending them what it is you want to based on that. One of my favorite features that MailChimp have is their customer journey builder. And I love they call it customer journey builder because as many of you will hopefully know, I am big on talking about the buyer's journey or the customer's journey as they've called it. That idea of how do I get people from A to B? How do I take people from being strangers of my business to a client or customer? And more than that, how do I get them to a point where they love my business? They're super engaged. They're referring what I do to other people. Think of your emails not as just like spamming people's inboxes, but as taking them on a journey. And MailChimp's customer journey builder helps you to set up workflows, which send emails to the right people at the right time. Like I said earlier, based on behavior they've taken, some action that they've done, or, or something that might be true just specifically for them. And as I said earlier, by building out these automations based on your subscriber's action, it's going to make sure that what they're sent is going to really help to nurture them through their buyer's journey. Email shouldn't be about broadcasting to a massive list full of people. It should be about delivering specific emails to the right people at the right time. So I really love that feature. They've got customer journey builder, which makes those automations so much easier to set up and also will give you so many ideas of different automations that you can create in your business. Automations are also something I love to do anytime that I'm launching. So I set up all of my emails in advance. I set up that workflow of what needs to be sent when and to who, and then I just get to leave it. That then helps me to be so much more focused on the other things that matter within my launch. It helps me to feel less drained by my email. It helps me to just get all the work done in once and then I don't have to touch it again. It gives me so much peace of mind and so much headspace for other actions. So there we have it. Four things you can do on an ongoing basis to see email results long-term. Bit of a recap. You can number one, cleanse your list. Number two, look at the statistics. Number three, be consistent. And then number four, automate. If you want to take 
take some action off of today's episode, I'd really suggest look at that fourth and final step of automations. Head to the show notes to check out MailChimp's customer journey builder that I was just talking to you about and have a think about even just one automation that you could set up today to make your emails be working hard for you without you even having to get involved. All right. So there we are, third and final episode of Inbox Insights. I really, really hope that you have found this mini series valuable. Whether you've listened to this over summer or you've tuned in at a future point, it's my hope that this series has not only got you feeling excited about your email marketing, it's not only convinced you that email marketing is something you really should be focusing your energy on, but mainly that it's given you some really actionable tips and insights that are gonna help you to improve your email marketing long term. This will not be the last time I talk about email, I can promise you that. So if there's anything else you want to learn, I know there's so many more topics I've kind of briefly touched on or so many more topics we haven't even talked about over this mini series to do with email, please do let me know. You know, I really want to hear what you want to know. Always up for hearing what you want to hear on this podcast, because ultimately this podcast is about helping you. So pop me a message over on Instagram. I'm at Alice underscore Benham. Message me on LinkedIn. I'm Alice Benham, shock. (laughs) Um, Or you could always pop me an email. I will say you're most likely to get a reply if you send me an email, hello at alicebenham.co.uk. So all that's left to say is thank you for tuning in. A massive thank you to MailChimp for partnering with me on this mini series and making it possible. Um, Every single year I think, oh, we'll take a break over summer. And then we have an idea like this and I'm like, nope, doing another summer school mini series. So I really hope you guys have found this valuable. So, so grateful to MailChimp for choosing to partner with me on it and I'm over and out for now I will be back start of September back with the usual programming here on the podcast so make sure to subscribe or follow so you don't miss out on that and that's the end of Inbox Insights goodbye